Be careful not to choke on your aspirations. This is the galactic standard for Star Wars humor, parody, and satire. That's right, it's a brand new episode of Faking Star Wars Radio, the official podcast of FakingStarWars.net. Well, this week is a special one. We have an interview with the legend, none other than John Williams himself. We also have a duel of the fakes, a tweet of the week, listener mail, and a brand new segment we're calling Star Wars or Not Star Wars. In fact, this whole episode will be themed around music in honor of John Williams. And we have an interview with Ro Panuganti, who's a famous YouTuber recording Star Wars soundtracks and other film and video game soundtracks in his own heavy metal style. It's going to be great. Patreon supporters! We'd like to give a shout out to Darth Taxes, who has joined us on the Fake Jedi Knight $5 tier. You can get in on our Patreon as low as a dollar a month, which really helps us. Darth Taxes is a member of the Starship Sabres and Scoundrels podcast as well, so go check him out. With me today is my illustrious co host, none other than Teeb. How are you today, Teeb? I am so excited about this podcast. I cannot wait. I am pooping myself. Fantastic. With anticipation. The smell is intoxicating, by the way. It's a lot of good poodoo. You must have had a lot of blue milk before the podcast. It kind of binds me up a little bit, so I prefer the green milk. Mm -hmm. Also, I hear there's a problem with blue milk right now, like a shortage or something. Well, it's great, as always, to have you with us. Alright, Teeb, it's that time, your favorite time. It's time for Duel of the Fakes. Do you remember what happened on the last uh, edition? I have the the attention span of a goldfish, so probably not, but um, I think I got my butt kicked, probably. Well, uh, it's time for some sweet, sweet Star Wars music. In keeping with our theme for this episode of the podcast... So, Teeb, you know how it works. I'm going to read off three news stories, and they really should all be fake as it's faking Star Wars, but one of them is actually true, posing as a fake, like a real singer only pretending to be lip-syncing, which we absolutely hate. Yes. Can you smoke out that real fake-fake story, Teeb? I certainly hope so. I'm going to try. I, think I, I, I will do. I will do. There is no try. Here we go. Legendary film composer John Williams is working on an all-new composition based on a ghost story that occurred in a supposedly haunted house in Massachusetts. On to our second story that should be fake. The Star Wars Kinect video game featured a bizarre dance mode, and one of its most memorable parodies was a cover of the Steve Miller band's Fly Like an Eagle only changed to fly like a Wookiee. During the dance, Han Solo and Chewbacca would flap their arms and make airplane gestures. And the third. In the early 90s, at a concert in Houston, Texas, Weezer frontman Rivers Cuomo closed the show dressed as Dagobah Luke Skywalker from Empire Strikes Back 
with his three-year-old son on his back cosplaying as Yoda. Fans loved the gag, but George Lucas wasn't so fond of it. In fact, he threatened to sue Weezer if they didn't stop using his character on stage. Say it ain't so. What is the song? How's it go? Say it ain't so. Something like that, right? That's, uh, say it ain't so. I will not go. Turn the lights on. Carry me home. Oh, that's not, that's not Weezer. That's like Blink-182-64721 or something, right? So now you have basically told me that that's fake news then because it's all wrong also isn't is it perry cuomo who who who? what what's his name rivers cuomo rivers cuomo yeah what kind of name is that that's like some hippie nonsense <laughs> name i'm not even picking that one the song isn't fake i can guarantee you that part i just don't know how to sing it because i never really listened to weezer say yeah, it I... ain't so your love is a car breaker something like that right now we're not going to be able to upload this on iTunes because I covered the song so well. They have that technology. It's going to filter that out, and it's going to be like, you got to pay us $1 per second per listen. <laughs> I'm not hey, picking dude. that one anyway, so, yeah. I do love Weezer. I like the sweater song and then the other one where they're uh, the happy days. But, yeah. Uh, they're okay. I just never had time for anything other than listening to the Star Wars soundtracks and filling my mind with other things related to Star Wars, so. That makes sense. Yeah. Oh, well, and filling my mouth with pizza. If you could figure out a way to actually make pizza out of Star Wars, let me know, because then I'd be set. I will think about that. Mm. I'm putting that on my list. Absolutely. I'm writing it down right now. So the uh, first one here about uh, John Williams composing a ghost story. Um, And the uh, second one is about the Steve Miller band and the Fly Like a Wookiee. The third one is about um, Weezer uh, coming out dressed as Luke uh, from Empire Strikes Back with Yoda grabbing him with it for dear life on stage with actually being his child. So which one? Are you feeling one more than the other? Or are you kind of shooting blanks here, uh, throwing spaghetti against the wall? I love spaghetti. I don't love walls. Um, <laughs> so you would so... not be throwing spaghetti? No, I, 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 I mean... I'm, I'm going to eat spaghetti, but I don't like spaghetti so much as far as, like, I like to eat it, but I don't like how you have to eat it. I don't like how you have to roll it on the fork, so I prefer the penne, where oh, you can yeah, just, okay. like, stab the hell out of it. You can't stab spaghetti. I mean, if you try stabbing spaghetti, it's going to take you all day. But I do feel confident about one. I, I have a – because this is the musical episode uh-huh. and because I understand we're actually interviewing John Williams. That's right. I'm feeling confident. I'm 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 feeling confident, not peeling confident. I'm <laughs> feeling confident that the John Williams ghost story is the fake fake. Okay. So you think that's the real thing? I think so. What would you say if I offered to up the ante and I eliminated one of the other stories to help you narrow down the decision? Well, what do I get if I win? A million space bucks. <laughs> well, you are right about box. the Weezer story. Um, that is definitely fake. Weezer was never sued by Lucas. However, interestingly enough, do you know who was? Another band, Queen. Well, everybody gets sued by Lucas, so. Yeah, the band Queen, oh, Queen. Freddie Mercury, in August of 1980. He actually closed the show by doing an encore. He came out on the shoulders of a seven foot man dressed as Darth Vader. 
Fans loved it, absolutely went nuts for the shtick, but George Lucas did not. And according to the website Gunachin or Gunashin, Lucas threatened to sue the band for using the character in their concerts, and that was enough to nix the gag. Ironically wow. enough, though, during the same tour, Mercury rode also on the shoulders of Superman. They were never sued by DC. Uncle George does not mess around. Sounds like Freddie Mercury was probably riding on the shoulders of a lot of men in that area, though, I guess. so. <laughs> yeah. yeah, probably. Yeah. Um, he. Uh, that's fascinating, though. I didn't know that. And then a seven-foot man, was it Peter Mayhew? Uh, I, I can only dream that it was. I mean, he was British, so maybe, yeah. Uh, in my mind, it's Peter Mayhew, and it should be. He was it amazing should have been. about it, you know. Like, like they were like just talking about it and just saying how awesome it was going to be, mm-hmm. and and they were like knowing that it was going to piss off George Lucas, and Peter Mayhew is like, <laughs> yes, and he could do I it secretly do inside this. of Darth Vader, uh, Darth Vader costume. Maybe so. Hey, you never know. It's not revealed, actually, who it was, so it very well could have been Peter Mayhew. I think it was Peter Mayhew. I'm, I'm taking that. I'm, I'm putting that out there. <laughs> Peter Mayhew was Darth Vader for Queen. Good. 1980. That is canon. That is canon. Did I, you I hear that, so. Lucasfilm Story Group? Pablo, Pablo, write it down. Please don't sue us. Sign the forms in triplicate. It's canon. <laughs> <laughs> I really shouldn't be mean to Paulo. He's been very sporting. We have made fun of him many, many times, and he has never said anything nice about us. So so you're down to uh, the Steve Miller band Fly Like an Eagle or the uh, John Williams soundtrack. Are you going to well, stay with your original answer? They used to call me the Joker in the Marines and in the, you know, in the Space Marines, but uh, I space am no cowboy, Joker. Space Cowboy, huh? Yeah, I was a Space Cowboy. Uh, you don't really have that cowboy drawl. Has that been conditioned out of you? Have you gone to accent reduction therapy? Accent reduction therapy. No, actually, the most famous people have terrible voices. Voices that... <laughs> right. Yeah, so people like that, because they have a very distinct voice, I have actually tried to make my own distinct voice, and that's what happened. This is how I got my voice. I used to I used to talk like this all the time, and people be like, what the hell is that guy saying? So I did go, but I was trying to get, like, a bad voice, and this is what I ended up with, which is kind of like a good voice. So right. I'm still kind working on making, like, and I'm still working on that, but I, I have a hard time enunciating when I do that. So I hate to break it to you, T, but I don't notice any difference between the two. Sorry. Oh, maybe I'm getting better then. Yeah, I, I, I'm getting uh, okay. I'll let my uh, my speech therapist know then. So I take sure. it you're sticking with John Williams then. Definitely. Well, you have guessed correctly. Uh, a new John yes. Williams composition uh, about a ghost said to have scared Leonard Bernstein. Bernstein. Bernstein? Bernstein. Ooh, that's a stain on my my record there. Bernstein. Bernstein is making its world premiere. It's called High Woods Ghost, an encounter for harp, cello, and orchestra. And actually is going to be performed, or was performed, sorry, Sunday, August the 19th at Tanglewood in Massachusetts, the summer home of the Boston Symphony Orchestra. So it's a ghost who got high? 
It says that Bernstein was approached by an apparition in 1990 while sitting by a window. Um, yeah, he uh, startled. He was he jumped out of his seat and uh, he called out. And yeah, that's about all the information I have. Williams said that he wrote the piece for fun and to provide the unusual combination of harp and cello an opportunity to set the stage for an ectoplasmic visit. Ectoplasmic visit. Boy, that's what happens every time I see a picture of Daisy Ridley. Oh, my goodness. Uh, not when she's on the toilet. Not when she's on the toilet. Thank you for reminding me of that. And I do have a collection of those, unfortunately, buried buried in my backyard. So, Yeah, it's best you keep them back there. Probably. Well, it's a, it was another great edition of Duel of the Fakes. Thanks for playing, Teeb. I'm really upset that it's over. <laughs> That's my favorite thing. You'll have to wait till next episode. Damn it. All right. So um, with that in mind, uh, are there any other uh, things that you'd like to talk about uh, regarding Star Wars music or anything in that note, Teeb? From what I understand, Solo actually was co-composed, I believe, with John Williams and his heir apparent. Oh, I think that's right. Yeah, I put something about that in my review on my website, filmgratch.com. You can uh, go check it out if you'd like to. But yeah, um, I, I just – you can actually tell the shifts in the music when it, it goes from John Williams to this other guy. But it's not bad. I mean, I mean, nobody's going to be able to replace John Williams completely, but it's, it's not bad. But it, it'll be interesting to see after episode nine – yeah, you could argue all day long about why it was received so well, but I think personally, the music makes the movie. We actually have a poll uh, that is related to this from Willie Bobo. You can follow him at Faking Star Wars, and he set up a poll this past week, and it says which musician or composer should take over on Star Wars film scoring duties once John Williams retires. And uh, uh -huh. here are the options. Okay. Michael Giacchino, Hans Zimmer, Lynn Manuel Miranda, or Weird Al Yankovic. You know, I actually was thinking about Weird Al, but I'm I'm I'm, I'm steering towards Lynn Manuel Garcia. <laughs> Miranda, Lynn Manuel Miranda? Sure, that guy. That guy too. You know who that is, right? Uh no, he's He's just got, like, three names, and I like people with three names. Okay. Well, Lin-Manuel is the one who actually did Hamilton, a little musical you may have heard about once or twice. Is it really a musical? I don't know. I haven't seen it. I, I'm not cultured, and so I try to avoid anything that gets awards. So, like, if, if it's rap, you can't hum to rap. So is it really a musical, or is it a rapical? Oh, it's I a rapical. Yeah, a it rap is a rapical. It's a hip-hopical. I yeah yeah I have. Is it I a gangster hip-hopical or just a hip-hopical? It's topical hip-hopical. It is. There you go. Uh, we were, sounds like you can bust a few beats yourself, there, Teeb. I can sing. I cannot rap. Okay. Well, you don't. That's not going to be a problem. I mean, no, you don't have to sing to rap. That's that. Well, yeah, I can talk. I can talk all day. I can talk all <laughs> night. I can talk until the cows come home. But that's for I, sure. Boy, oh boy. Uh, that's 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 terrible. I am the worst rapper. There is not a living human being alive who can rap worse than you. 
that would be a worse rapper. We should start an award show for for people who can do things worse than anyone else, right? <laughs> like, I would win that every the time. The awards we can call them. I will tell you that when I was in the Space Marines, they started the recruit rap, where they were for Christmas allowing the recruits to wrap presents and send them home. Oh no! And it incensed my master gunnery space sergeant so much that he was so mad about it <laughs> that my captain decided that we should further make him enraged and we came up with a recruit rap which was a play on words for wrapping gifts mm-hmm. and i did do a rap for my space master gunnery sergeant and it was pretty it was pretty terrible too bad we can't get our hands on that. That would make a great uh, theme song to the podcast, I think. Or we could have uh, tried to convince Lucasfilm to re-edit The Return of the Jedi and put it in for that uh, throne room song scene. Well, I can remember the beginning of it, but I'm not going to do it because uh, I, we'll lose like half of our listeners. So I don't want to do so it. So we'll be down to one. Yeah, pretty much. Oh, boy. Okay, well, uh, you know, Michael Giacchino was the first choice, and he's done a whole bunch of stuff. The Incredibles, Mission Impossible, Ratatouille, Star Trek. Uh, he's worked with all kinds of directors. Doctor Strange, even, he even did Rogue One. Um, so he, you know, looks like a really, really likely choice to replace John Williams. But Italian people can't compose. Everybody knows that. You need a German. Right, so maybe Hans Zimmer then. So who do you think uh, got the most votes here? Knowing our audience, it was probably Weird Al Yankovic. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, Weird Al, 40%. Hans Zimmer, 31. Michael Giacchino, 23. Not a lot of love for Lin-Manuel Miranda, 6% of the votes. And I think that was Pablo Hidalgo himself actually making that vote because uh, they both share their Puerto Rican ancestry. Oh, Garcia, that's Puerto Rican? Uh, Miranda, Miranda. Miranda, am I not getting that right? Lin Manuel Miranda. Miranda. Yeah, not Garcia. Yeah, so he's actually from Puerto Rico. He's done a lot of good actually for charity helping out. Um there's a gigantic hurricane that hit Puerto Rico. I don't know if you heard about that recently. And as a result, uh nobody there has been able to watch any Star Wars movies for the last nine months. Was that Maria? How do you solve a problem like Maria? No, that was Maria. That was that was West Side Story right, combined right. with Sound of Music. Oh man, gentlemen. I think you are You're going welcome. to hell for that, Teeb. <laughs> well, well, as long as I'm not in that same corner, those other jokes right, change. Right. Well, anyway, um, you know, it is interesting though. Lin Manuel Miranda does have music in in Star Wars. Did you know that? Yeah, my second favorite Star Wars song. And when I say song, I'm talking in-universe, right? Like, the soundtrack is not diegetic. It's outside of the universe. Except for the Imperial March, which actually does appear in Rogue One, a little-known fact. Uh, Many people didn't realize that actually the march itself is on a a monitor screen when Han Solo is in that spaceport. For Solo or for Rogue One? Oh, I'm sorry, for for Solo. Solo. Yeah, so the the actual music of the soundtrack is in the the movie. Join the Empire... That's right. Join the Empire, which is great. But, uh, you know, there's not that many other songs that are actually in the Star Wars world. And uh, this one is composed, actually, by Lin-Manuel Miranda. It's the song in The Force Awakens that's playing when they visit Maz Kanata's uh, bar. 
How does that go? Kind of got a reggae vibe going, and it's like this. No bata tutu mooney mooney. 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 A bootunig. Oh, it's still going? I thought, are you okay? Oh, I can do this all night. Oh, okay. Well, can we do Jub Nub too then? Because you said we didn't have time for that. Oh, yeah. Jub Nub. I don't actually know the lyrics to that one. You know the words to Jub Nub? I will send you money. (laughs) Jub Nub. Three Ewoks in a tub. (laughs) (laughs) So. That's better rap than I could come up with, that's for sure. Yeah. Anyway, well, it's been fun. Uh, yeah, I always love the polls that Willie Bobo puts up, and if you uh, if you get on there, you can definitely vote. They usually stay up for about a week, and we uh, put them on the podcast. So if you have any ideas for polls or want to tweet at us, go ahead. Willie Bobo at Faking Star Wars or myself, Duper Storm. Oh, maybe I'll throw one up for you guys, too. Sure. Think of some stuff. Yeah. We won't fire you if you do. Okay. Well, it is time for a very special interview um, here on Galactic Faking News. Our, um, we have on the phone, all the way from Corellia, none other than famed blues musician Tobias Beckett. Hello, Tobias. Can you hear me? Yes. Why, wow, Tobias, we're just, uh, we're really thrilled to have you on the show. How are you today? I'm all right, you know. How does the, how does the, um, quality of the podcast come in, you know, across hyperspace? Well, I mean, that one, that one you did with, uh, my music, I thought that one was pretty spectacular. Okay. Well, thanks for giving us the rights to those tunes. Uh, they've just gone over fantastically. We've had literally millions of requests to buy those songs. Doesn't surprise me. Now, if you do become a millionaire, uh, would you go on uh, Galaxy's Got Talent or one of the other popular shows? No, nah, those shows are crap, man. Uh, you got to keep it real. You got to keep it on the streets, you know. Okay. Well, speaking of the streets, my sources tell me that you're actually currently on the hard streets of Corellia doing some busking with the Valacord. How's that going for you, Tobias? Yeah, I'm busking for some coaxium. You know, it's it's tough stuff to come by. How did you get in? Uh, where did you get the idea to busk for Coaxium? I mean, you were having success as a smuggler. Um, yeah, but it's it's not what I wanted to do, you know. Like really? the smuggling thing just kind of came out of the hardships of trying to make it as like a, you know, the gifted musician that I am. Hmm. Well, that that is a something to pay the bills, you know. Ah, yeah, something to buy the hyperfuel, huh? So how did you originally get into the Valacord and performing music alongside your uh, full-time job as as a smuggler for Crimson Dawn? I didn't look for it, man. The Valacord found me. It came looking for me. Well, uh, what do you think of some of the other uh, blues musicians in the galaxy? Like, for example, uh, Jabba the Hutt's uh, lounge singer, Cy Snoodles. Have you ever Give performed together? Break. Give me a break. Really? Elevator music. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Elevator Um, music. We're going to take a listen now to one of your uh, top hits, and this one is called uh, Wookiee Blues. And how did you choose the title for this one? 
uh, my time spent with Chewy, you know, he always has the blues. Just kind of came to me one day. I was sitting there. All right, let's uh, let's have a listen. Chewy got some trouble. They locked you away. Threw you down in the mud. You got hell to pay. But there ain't nothing finer than a Wookiee life to warm. So get on my spaceship, son, and let freedom That was fantastic. I really enjoy that. Now, one of the interesting points of that song is the near rhyme of uh, warm, look, a, whoop, a wookie lap to warm and let freedom roar. Now, how did you come, uh, some purists might say that that's a little bit of a messy choice poetically. How did you come to that daring decision for that near rhyme? Well, I mean, it came from the heart, you know, like sometimes it might not sound like it rhymes to your ears, but in my heart and in my head it just it rhymed perfectly and and those words just needed to be said in that way you know so like i'm kind of a what would you say a trailblazer in that way you know i i I make things happen well that is the song that gave you a number one hit on kashik 20 weeks in a row on the uh, wookie charts have you been back to kashik to play any concerts the last few months no no how do you how do you feel uh, playing there? You know, with the uh, the setup they have in the trees, is that conducive to your music, or is it a little bit of a challenging gig? Well, you know, I, I'm busking itself is is hard enough. So I mean, moving into the trees just makes it sound that much better. You know. I see. Great. You don't Great. get you don't get the noise of the the people and the and the traffic and whatnot. You know, it's it's peaceful and uh, conducive to to the kind of music I try to make. We had heard a rumor of a of a traveling festival with you as the headline and the Max Rebo band opening, um, and you were going to be playing all the Tree Village uh, communities in the galaxy, so Kashyyyk, the Ewok Village on Endor, and possibly finishing up um, on Naboo with an underwater concert. Are those rumors true? Uh, they are indeed, and actually, we're, I'm planning to have uh, guest appearances by the Ewoks while I'm on Endor. Oh, wow. That's going to be fantastic. Yeah. Great. They're, they're um, really great drummers, as you know, so. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Will you be using helmets for the drums on that show from, uh, from previous uh, victims, or how are you going to do that? I don't want to take creative control away from the Ewoks. So, I mean, whatever they feel works well with the music, that's what they're going to do, you know? Sounds great. Well, I I love your artistic integrity, you know. Uh, It's something sorely lacking in today's modern modern, uh, era of of pop music in the galaxy, I think. Yeah, pop music. Great. Not a fan. All right, well, uh, we have another track here. Uh, do I have your permission to play this one? This of is course, uh, yeah, shoot. what some might call your sort of, um, you know, your your big hit, I guess, your breakout single, as it were, uh, Coaxium Blues. We all get those. Well, you can't trust nobody, and I ain't got no Galaxies mean boy, I just can't contend. Coaxium train boy, gonna take me away. 
Bias, that's always been one of my favorite uh, tracks that you've done. Uh, but there has been some controversy about that song. Some people say that you actually copied it um, off of the classic country galactic hit, uh, Cell Block 1138 Blues. Um, Cell Block 1138 Blues. I think you got that backwards. Really? He copied off of me, not the other way around. Well, that's not the way the lawsuit went. Uh, well, the lawsuit has got it wrong because he heard my track, you know, and then all of a sudden he's talking about having the blues being in prison, you know, and he never spent a day, he spent like two days in prison and suddenly he's got these prison blues. Give me a break. In terms of the negative power heuristics that you use in terms of the power dynamic between the subject and the object, uh, there's a dichotomy between the subaltern and the socio-dialectical rhetorical strategies of the empire. Uh, how did you get? How did you coalesce all those variables into just one song? Well, I mean, it is what it is. You call it genius. I call it, you know, just a, a, a reflex, you know? like. Yeah, let's listen to the track. Okay, great. favorite part that end you know that it gets me every time at the end of that song when i when i bring it up an octave like that oh it's mm. just wow well uh tobias is there anything you'd like to say to any of your fans out there in the galaxy anything at all um just you know keep your ear to the grind and uh just be patient i have some new stuff coming out very shortly and uh thanks again to all my fans out there you're all beautiful. I love you all. Great. Well, thank you, and we wish you luck, and hope you don't get murdered out there, huh? It's a rough yeah, galaxy. Yeah, thanks. Let's hope not. Faking Star Wars Listener Mail. Hi, this is Anastasia, and I'm calling from Lynnhurst, New Jersey. I heard that BB-8 and BB-9E used to be roommates, but they had a falling out because BB-9E drank all of BB-8's blue milk. And then BB-8 went to the store and they were all out of blue milk. And there's no more blue milk anywhere. And now there's no more blue milk in the world. And it's all because BB-9E drank all the blue milk. What can you tell me about that? Well, wow. that's a provocative question. 
BB9E. Now, uh, just for those fans out there who may not know or who may have tried to block The Last Jedi out of their memory, who's BB9E, Teeb? I believe he is the Darth BB8, if yes. if you were, if you will. He, he he looks basically like BB8, but he has the head of the red droid that got you know what kind of crap are you selling me over here that they sold ah, to the square one Owen. kind of thing, right? Yeah, the one that so looks he's like, like evil BB8. Yeah, yeah, and he sort of turns them in, right, and gets them caught at the end. Yeah, he sure does. He's a bad droid. Right, right. Do droids drink milk? Oh, they don't drink it so much as they like to hoard it, kind of like goblins with gold. They like to keep it, you know, in their in their hearth. I see. I'm imagining like BB-8 with like a mustache, you know, like a milk mustache saying got milk with like that little lighter uh, thing out, like a thumb, like thumbs up. Where'd he go? Well, I mean, he's already like a vending machine in Vegas or uh, Canto Bite. So, you know, he can take all the coins. He can take some milk. Yeah, yeah. BB9E drank all the milk. <clears throat> I, I'm sure that's something he would do. He is devious like that. So, yeah. Great. Well, thanks for calling. And, uh, you know, we're always here ready for calls. So uh, if you guys have any uh, questions, go ahead and get us on Twitter or send a voicemail to our associate office in Kansas City. So we moved it from Topeka. Ah. Yeah. It used to be in Topeka, but, um, you know, there wasn't enough milk. So. Yeah. <laughs> Huh? Can you understand him? Uh, a little bit. My Huttese is not that great, though. Is he speaking Huttese? Yeah, he is Huttese, yeah. I know that. Reason, huh? Uh, just taking my call for reporting data to the Imperial authorities. Well, it almost sounded like he busted into some Gungan at the end there. I don't like to think about Gungan. Yeah, I hope not. Well, so I I don't really know how to respond to this call. You, You know, do you have any ideas? Well, if we had a protocol droid, like I've been asking you to get. I know we don't have a big budget, but we could get, like, a protocol droid, maybe? Well, hang on. This big box just arrived uh, on the doorstep. Let me open it up here and see what we got. Oh, my goodness. It's a protocol droid. Wow. Let's uh, let's see if he can translate this message. Hang on one second. That was convenient. Hello, thinking Star Wars radio. Calling from Tatooine. I wanted to know which singer you preferred more. Sigh, Snoodles, or Jaw, Yowza. I know Jabba always liked Jaw more for whatever reason. Thank you for taking my call and not reporting me to the Imperial authorities. Wow, what a question, Teeb. Uh, I'm not really sure who I preferred, Sigh, Snoodles, or... Is his name Jaw Yaza or Joe Yaza? I, I, I can't remember. I don't know. Is that the Dr. Teeth guy? Yes, he's the guy that they did. They CG'd in him, like, lurking about. Like, yeah. It's like, let's see how we can ruin this uh, little beautiful, <laughs> tiny little attention to detail scene that nobody noticed or, or you know, didn't distract from anything until. <laughs> Giant Dr. Teeth 
in your face uh, out of the courtesy of our listeners i will not emulate that uh that scene but i could yeah but so... it's, it's so in your face and it makes you want to pull your eyes out of your head <laughs> shove them into your ears so you don't have to hear it or see it or experience it at all because it never just why do they why do they ruin things that are good you know what we should have done for this episode it's just i'm just thinking of this now i mean how many musical changes were there in the special editions i mean you've got that edition of that muppet you have uh at the very end of return of the jedi you have that coruscant scene with the new song the the kind of like spacey irishy river dance garbage that john i think john williams had to had to compose that and then you also have the deletion of what is you know indubitably my favorite musical number in any movie ever which is the yubnub song yes i the fact that they got rid of yubnub there's there's places that you hear about in hell, <laughs> little corners. Uh huh. And I just, I just don't know why they would get rid of Yubnub. Places near Ryan Johnson, right? Like <laughs> wherever he is. Yeah, wherever he's going. Yeah. That's where those people <sighs> belong. Anybody that got rid of Jub, I mean Jubdum. I saw Return of the Jedi in the theaters, and that. I had a chill up my spine when you're hearing the Jubnub song, and then he yub, looks over. Jubnub, 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 and he sees his dad. Yep. Well, you know, and it's just powerful. But then what they did is they they made it Anakin, they made it they made it Hayden Christensen, who can't even act so much that he could barely pull off playing a pasty white ghost. <laughs> And then What's they my motivation? the damn music. Like people uh, like would sing it. They loved it. Yes. And and, yes. and and it's not because it was changed. I mean, I can remember like, you know, even playing it on my guitar because the chord changes are really interesting and at the end of, of the chorus kinda and, and it's just it was a fun fun song and, and I can't believe that, that they they cut it. So. Well now that it's cut out, can we please record can we record it ourselves and make it part of our podcast forever? I'd love to. I, I, some people have done it on ukulele on YouTube. Uh, I have seen it done, and I, I would like to do my own version at some point. Well, we need to pick up that that instrument that um, Beckett is going to learn. The Valacord Yubnub. Oh, yes, okay. Yeah, we'll, we have to, to we'll have to think about that for a future episode. Absolutely. But, so, yeah, I mean, I, I have to go with Size Noodles. I, I loved watching how they, they made Size Noodles happen, uh, the making of Return of the Jedi yes. documentary. It's incredible, the puppetry there. Um, and, and, you know, what a weird-looking creature, right, with those little lips kind of? Yes, so. the, the, the long mouth and the, the little lips. And they even messed that up because they made it like 3D or something practically, right? With, with yeah, her, they added in some CG face. of her as well. Yeah. So, you know, uh, to the, to the caller, I just have to, I, I think 
if you if you ask us anything about special edition prequel stuff, we're probably going to come on the side of the original original episodes in general. We're we're purists on the podcast. We don't like changing anything. We don't like doing anything uh, amusing or unusual or silly uh, or anything like that. Star Wars is about being serious and it's about being faithful to exactly the way things are without any changes or fakery whatsoever. Absolutely. Well, Teeb, it's time for an entertaining new segment that we are calling Star Wars or Not Star Wars. Do you like guessing games? Uh, not really, but, you know, mm. I'll do it. Well, um, this the idea of this game is I will play a sound effect for you. It could be music. It could be anything from uh, from a movie. And you have to decide, is it Star Wars or is it not Star Wars? And you get a bonus point if you can tell me exactly what it is, uh, what part of the movie it's from, if it's Star Wars or not. So, are you ready? Oh, okay. Now now, now you got me interested. Sure. All right. Here comes the first one. Are you ready? Yes. Okay. Okay. Star Wars or not Star Wars? That I believe is Star Wars from A New Hope after the parade scene, after the um the metal scene. Wow. Yeah. So do you want to know uh, if you're right now, or should we wait till the end? Probably now. Yeah. You can tell me right now. That's fine. Actually, believe it or not, that is not from a Star Wars movie. That is from the 1942 film King's Row, starring Anne Sheridan, Robert Cummings. And Ronald Reagan. Wow. Yep. The Gipper. And, uh, right. of course, there's a lot of speculation uh, about the music. It was composed by Erich Wolfgang Korngold. And, uh, yeah, very similar to the Star Wars fanfare in a lot of ways. So, obviously, John Williams uh, took some hints from that movie. Ah, very, very interesting. I do love these kind of things. Um, I'm actually a big Basil Poldoris fan, so oh, okay. I'm, maybe there'll be some Basil in there for me. All right, let me <laughs> well, hear I the next spoil one. It. All right, here's the next one. Okay, you got it? Absolutely. Yeah? Yeah, that's definitely Star Wars. <laughs> okay. Um, is that actually the Duel of the Fates? Close. It's not Duel of the Fates. That I, I don't think that's the official title of it. Well, it's, it's Darth Maul, right? It's Darth Maul. Nope, wrong movie. Oh. I have all the soundtracks too. This is painful. Okay, which what is it from? I, I, but I got it sources, right. It is Star Wars. <laughs> it is Star Wars, so you get a point. Um, according right. to my sources, this is Anakin versus Obi Wan in Revenge of the Sith. Ah, Revenge of the Sith. Yeah, that's right. I so, knew it was a big climactic one. Yep, this one the, probably the, is like right when they're getting holes. started. You know. Yes. So. He's yeah. floating around in that little droid head or whatever. Right. Right. So, but good, you got it. You got Star Wars, so there you go. All right, here's another one. Are you ready? Yes. One more time? Yes. 
I believe that's Defender. Defender, the video game? Yes. Okay. Uh, this is actually from a movie. I'll give you one more try. Okay? It's, it is from a movie. It is a movie. Okay. Wow. Uh, <laughs> uh, hmm. Uh, Explorers? <laughs> okay, so this is actually right. uh, from the uh, Star Trek 2009 and Star Trek Into Darkness. It's the sound effect of the phasers and photons. Uh, okay. Yes. So I, I, pretty I, much I'm, opening up all of their phasers and photons. Yeah. So uh, you brought in Star Trek. Oh, my there. God. You brought in Star Trek. Yeah, I know. I know. I'm horrible, right? So. Like, I like Star Trek, but not now, man. I not know. now. <laughs> Teeb does not approve. No. All right, here's another Next. one. Are you ready? Yes. Again, they are all from movies. So. Okay, that, that's, that's a good clue. Because I could, yeah, it could be anything. Okay, movies. God. Yeah, that, that was a tough one. I didn't expect you to get that one. I know, I know it kind of sounds like a rancor, but not, it's not the rancor. Um, mm -hmm. and it's not a lion. It sounds like a, a mix between a rancor and a lion. So what, okay. I'm just going to go ahead and say it is star Wars. Mm -hmm. Okay. But as far as what creature it is, I'm trying to go through every single creature. I know this is probably wrong, but I'm, gonna say wampa uh that was a really good guess uh i actually was hoping you would say wampa i tried to trick you and lure you in with that and i got you so you owe, uh, uh, yeah you owe me one that is actually from a different trilogy of movies is that a hint uh lord of the rings it is it is from lord of the rings that's the sound of let me hear it again <laughs> <laughs> That thing that he said shall not pass. It's it's actually an orc. So somebody took the soundtrack off of the orc and and uh, from the movie and put it in a little soundtrack patch there. So uh, there's like a thousand orcs though. You I gotta know. Make it like a, it's not. You gotta make fair. it like a, a specific orc, man. Like yeah. the one that's like, ah, oh, let's eat his bones. Oh, right. I want to eat his bones. That guy. He's I think this was crazy. actually Snaga or Grishnach. But um, I don't know what part of the movie. Sorry, so, that guy. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So that one was really tough. Here's another <laughs> one. And tough. if you don't get this one, sorry, you can't co-host anymore. Ready? Oh my god. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't get this one. Yeah, that's Jabba. Jabba, who a palace. Take another listen. I, I think there is Jabba in the background, but give it a real listen here. Okay. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, that's Salacious B. Crumb. That's his uh, detachable Very good. thing. Yeah, but I mean, uh, yeah, it's it, it, it's the scene, the setting is Jabba's Palace. Right, right. Oh, okay, I got gotcha. you. I'm sorry. You yeah, that's just jumping to it there. Yeah, you're right. Jabba's Palace, Return of the Jedi. Excellent. All right. Uh, you know, we're going to have Salacious Crumb on the podcast. Did you know that he's uh, he's actually living in a retirement home now? Here in Florida? Uh, I mean, yeah, he's actually down south. Uh, I think he's on South Beach, Miami, yeah. That's disturbing. Mm. Oh, he really let himself go, too. 
But yeah. he's always like getting the early bird special and he's eating droid eyes and those little green floaty around things. That's great. Yep. Good for him. He's got quite the tan now, so Yeah. All right. Now this last is this the last one? Yeah, this is the last one. This is probably my favorite one. If you can spot this one, uh then then I owe you a drink. So all right, all ready? Right. <laughs> Any idea? That is from Mac and Me. <laughs> no, it's not from Mac and Me. Okay, I know. I think I think I got it. I believe it might be when R2 lands in the swamp and he's trying to get out of the, the muck and the swamp on Dagobah. Very good guess. Um, it is from a Star Wars movie, but it's not from one of the canon movies. Oh, is it an animated movie? It's not. Now it's you're just... really thinking, huh? Oh wait, I never saw that weird Christmas movie. Oh, you mean the uh, the holiday special? Yeah, the holiday special. How I mean. have you not seen the holiday special? And you live to tell the tale. Who? No one's killed you yet. <laughs> well, I mean, everyone needs to see that terrible. so they can all feel I our pain. Thought... No, I love Star Wars, and I heard it's just god-awful. I watched the Ewoks miniseries, okay? Yeah. I watched that. I lived through that. So no this idea. is from the Ewok Adventure, made-for-TV movie. That's what I just said. That's the thing I watched. It's from that? That explains it. You said the Ewok miniseries. Well, it was like a miniseries or something. Oh, okay, it okay. Alf. All right, good. I thought you meant like a cartoon series, because there has been no, that as well. no. I said they had those little kids look like children of the corn kids. Let's go. We're going to go save the Ewoks. I was like, what the hell is this Okay, I mean, do you remember remember Mace? Actually, his name was Mace. He he preceded Mace Windu by about 30 years. Do you remember him? He was uh, the older brother, and Sindel was the little girl on on, uh, Endor. All I remember is the children of the corn kid that just disturbed me and made me almost hate Star Wars and life in general. So the scene is uh, this this guy Mace. He's probably about you know, eighteen years old or so. He's he's um, in the forest and he hears this little creature in a tree hole make this little noise, and then he reaches in to kind of catch it. And then like there's a big monster inside the tree that like eats him. Well, it doesn't eat him, but it tries to eat him. So yeah, have you ever been on the ET ride? Uh, at Universal Studio. Yeah, I think once. You know, when I was a a child, at the very end of that ride, they show all these weird little creatures that are supposed like you get onto like eat. Spoiler alert! But you get on, you know, it's only been around for twenty seven years or whatever. But uh, yeah. you you get onto ET's planet. You ride the bike with Elliot through space. You know that makes sense. And then you end up on ET's planet, and then you see all these little weird little creatures. Like furry <laughs> and every creatures time like I that. get on that ride or whatever. I think of that dumb Ewok movie, and that's pretty much it. It's like all these little weird creatures that like live in trees and are trees and flowers right, and right. plants. And all I can think of is where's my blender because <laughs> I want a smoothie. Very good, very good. Well, uh, the guy that played Mace, his name is actually Eric Walker. He was born in 1970, so he's uh, 48. And apparently now he's a musician and he does electronic dance music. 
So you never know what your Star Wars career is going to end up with. You know, Daisy Ridley might uh, might become an aerobic <laughs> instructor in the future. Who who knows? <laughs> awesome. Actually, I would go to that aerobics I class. I live for that. Yeah. I will definitely be waiting for that. Yep. Great. Well, uh, uh, it was a really fun game. Uh, first edition of Star Wars or not Star Wars. And we'll definitely be doing this one again. So did you have a good time? I did, yeah. It was, it was a lot of fun, even though I got slaughtered. Well, I think you did okay. I think it's 17 I'll take that. So I'm really excited to be able to do this interview. Uh, I want to tell you about right now. You've heard his music and so many things, not just Star Wars. And he's a legend. He's a god. He's, uh, you know, just one of the most powerful composers alive right now and I'm, I'm actually in awe that I'm able to do this interview. I've interviewed many celebrities but I'm really nervous about this one so I hope I don't screw it up. Ladies and gentlemen John Williams. Oh, hello hello Shoney. Is this the line for the tuberculosis shot? Actually, no. You are on a podcast right now. Oh, I'm sorry. My my doctor said I needed to get a a booster for my tuberculosis and smallpox. Uh, I I've, I must have stumbled into the wrong line. Oh well, um, this is actually the tuberculosis line, and I am Doctor Teeb. But before I give you your shot, I need to ask you a few questions. Is that okay? Oh yes, absolutely. I I'm here. Okay, well, you've worked on um, some movies in your life, is that right? Oh, yes. I Going back many years, I've worked on many movies. Uh, I remember the, when I started, I used to be the one who swept up the, the, the uh, popcorn containers in the theater. That was a very good job for me. They paid me quite handsomely for that. Oh, wow. That's, that's, that's pretty impressive. But, but you've done other things, right, in movies? You've actually... You you you've done more than just sweep popcorn, haven't you? Uh, I've done a lot. I I can't remember the most significant jobs that I've had over the years. There's been so many. My memory's not so good these days. You understand? I do understand. I do understand. So let me just talk about your process, not for sweeping up popcorn, but your process for. That's fairly straightforward. You you sweep it and get it in a dustpan and throw it in the garbage. Sometimes you have to change the, the liner in the can, though. So that hurts my back having to bend over like that all the time, though. So I had to quit that job. You had to quit that job, but now you have a better job, right? Uh, at the moment, no. I'm, I'm in between jobs. At the moment. Do you know anybody who's, uh, uh, you know, a good corner where they, you know, good place to stand out, wash windows or anything like that, sir? Um, I do, actually. I will get with you offline, and we can talk about that. Um, but I know that you're here for your tuberculosis. I'm in line right now. I was supposed to be in line for a TB shot. What do you mean off the line? I, I was told, stand in this line, get your shot, and then I'm going to get my voucher for a free meal. Oh, you're going to get a free meal. Uh, What's your what favorite meal? I heard that somebody had a stromboli sandwich they were making for me. So Stromboli, that's really good. Well, do you like green beans, though? Oh, yes, green beans, uh, all kinds of beans. They make you toot, though. You have to be careful. When you get to my age, any beans, legumes, as they call them in school back when I was a youngster, back in 1845. Legumes? What's a legume? 
It's a, it's a, it's a, you know, the musical fruits. It's a bean that makes you fart a lot? Yes. Is the, okay, well, let's talk about... Um, musical, musical, you know. Yeah, yeah let's talk about percussion. Very so musical. Percussion maybe, music, yeah. I understand that you actually worked on some Star Wars music. I have done that. I have worked on music in the past. Yes, I have. For Star Wars, the movie about uh, the space opera. You know, I my memory for space, I, I have... I can't remember if I have done opera or not. Um, it might have been a musical or something like that, you know. So are there any people that have inspired you to become a composer? Well, I feel like I'm very composed. Uh, you know, keeping all the content and all the musical elements together is quite a job. Uh, you know, when, when I'm on the street, I'm trying to compose for money. So one of the ways I do that is I have a very organized system. You know, I have a bucket. Uh, it has a sign and cardboard. Now, it has gotten rained on a few times. So, uh, you know, it's starting to flop over. But I generally keep my composure when, when people come by, drop a, drop a dollar in the bucket for playing the spoons. You know, it, it generally is good. So how much money do you have in your wallet right now? I I don't have a wallet. I usually keep it in a dirty sock. That way nobody tries to go for it. Well, how much do you have in your dirty sock right now? I have about $24. $24. Is that like in change? Yeah, I usually get a lot of dimes, nickels, you know, things like that. So people try to take your food. You can just take off your socks and just swing them around and, like, just beat the crap out of them, right? Don't bring up a sad story. That was very unfortunate. I did not mean to kill that man. You killed that guy. Yeah. People are still talking about that. It's not well, good. Don't, don't tell anybody it was me because sometimes the authorities still looking for me and I, I try to hide from them. I'm trying to get you to remember, though, if you can, working as a composer yes. on a, a series of movies that were very popular starting in the 70s and have pretty much just not mattered anymore. Okay, yeah, the 1970s. I do remember that. Very good decade. And I, I did a lot of composing in the 70s. Star Wars, yes. Ah, there we go. Star Wars, yes. So, for Star Wars, the first Star Wars, how did your process change from the first Star Wars to the last Star Wars, as far as composing? Well, for the first one, uh, because I was a little bit younger and I, I really understood what I was doing, uh, you know, I didn't have any of the uh, the delirium or any of those problems from the uh, drug abuse or the after effects, um, you know, so I was able to think a little clearer, uh, pen to paper, you know, uh, my hands weren't shaking like they are now. Uh, these days, whenever I, I want to dictate something, I, I have to get somebody on the street to write it down for me on a note. So I can keep it safe. So who writes it down for you now? Well, anybody I can find. The other day, there was a very attractive young lady. She must have been, oh, very young, maybe about 60, 65 years old. I think she had the hots for me, to be honest with you. Did she you get her name? I, I did not. Oh, can you can you read some of it to us? Well, this is a melody I was working on for, you know, the new one. Uh, they said, you've got to compose... Uh, for this new one, they they call it they call it Star Wars. Have you ever heard of Star Wars before? Yeah, as a matter of fact, I it's have. Like, yeah. They're calling it Star Wars Episode Nine. 
okay? And I I said, I have to compose for this, and I, so I had this idea, and this is how the beginning of it goes, okay? Okay, let me hear it. Are you having a stroke? What do you think? Uh, that's uh, my idea for the theme song for the for the main character. Oh, I thought you were having a stroke. I'm sorry. Well, I have had several over the years, you know, but the last one was uh, at least three or four years ago, so... Well, I understand that you're the youngest composer in Hollywood now. Oh, that's that's what I've been told. There's there's no one else around that I can find a, you know as virile as I am. Do you think that you could take Henry Mancini in a fight to the death in a pit? Oh, old Henry! Oh, we go back many years. You know, we grew up playing a stickball together. Uh, Henry has always had the upper hand, though. Uh, you know, in a fight. At one time, he gave me a real shiner. Really. Oh yeah, see, we were we were both going after the same girl, and uh, I, you know, I I was holding her hand after school, and and he saw it, he came after me, and boy oh boy. Well, from what I understand, you can always use a lunchbox. That's pretty good. No, uh, do you have any lunch? I I haven't had anything to eat in over three days. I, I would love some lunch. I'm waiting for my stromboli sandwich. Well, we have uh, a quarter portion for you. A quarter. I, I, I could use a quarter, too. You know, be generous. I, even if you have two quarters, I, really, please, sir. I, I've been sitting out here all day. It's very cold. Oh, these kids today, they're, they're complaining about everything. They're, they're complaining about people on the Internet talking about who tweeted and twatted that, and, and everybody's just a tunking and a moomin and everything, and I don't have time for any of it. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, you should just, like, write music. And not even worry about it. To be quite honest, you're an amazing composer, so well, you have that you. going for you. Thank you very much for your time, and I, I will now be very grateful if you would show me where I need to go to get this shot so I can get my stromboli sandwich. I already gave you the shot while we were talking. You don't oh. remember? When? Why? Well, uh, uh, I'm starting to have a, I'm starting to have a reaction. Uh, did you? Did you put something on that shot? Uh, I, I'm, I can't feel my left arm. Oh my goodness. Well, we have a very special guest on this edition of Faking Star Wars Radio. With me today uh, is Ro Panuganti. Did I say your name correct? Yep, you got it. <laughs> Great. Well, we're really happy to have you with us. Uh, if you don't know, uh, he's got a fantastic YouTube channel and several albums of uh, soundtrack-related uh, heavy metal music, all kinds of fantastic things. So um, I guess for our listening audience, Ro... Uh, could you tell us a little bit about yourself? Your name is really interesting. I know people are going to ask about that, too. So sure. um, where are you from originally? How did you get into making uh, Star Wars heavy metal covers? Sure. So um, I guess to start, my full name is Rohith Panuganti, but being in America, I go by Ro, like Joe. Um, and, of course, my parents came here from India like 20, 30 years ago. So uh, I'm out of North Carolina right now. Um, 
I'm actually in IT, <laughs> computer scientist or whatever. Oh, great. Uh, but yeah, I've been working on music for all, almost all of my life, playing different instruments, sucking at them, figuring out which one I'd like more. And around high school, just about 11 years ago, I picked up the electric guitar. And I got really into everything from classic rock and blues to heavy metal, progressive rock. And now I think most of my music gravitates to like the newer progressive metal genre. But, you know, thanks to the world of Internet, I've been collaborating with orchestral settings, jazz, um, you know, just anything and everything that lets me play with other people. But I love video games and movie soundtracks. And um, that's basically it for, <laughs> for my YouTube channel. Well, the Star Wars soundtracks, of course, are legendary with fans and non-fans alike. Uh, I mean, John Williams is mm -hmm. heralded as just an absolute god of the soundtrack world. Absolutely. Have you ever uh, considered yourself as a possible uh, person who might compose soundtracks, original scores in the future, or are you more into adapting things and kind of adding your own flair to them? Um, this is a good question. I think it's very easy and more approachable to start by covering what has already been created. I feel like it gives you a little bit of a template and all those changes you come up with, that's where my and hopefully everyone's you know originality seeps in. I've written songs before and um, I have like a few original things and I've done like independent game con like soundtracks, but it's definitely not necessarily my end goal. I would love to do like just contemporary music albums that take inspiration from things like my favorite movies or comics and games. Well, if you ever end up on like America's <laughs> Got Talent, make sure to give a shout out to Faking Star Wars Radio, okay? <laughs> Will do. I don't think they'll allow me. Aren't I too old? Or oh, are you? How old are you? Twenty four. Twenty four. I think the cutoff is even like thirty one. So there's still hope. A new hope. All right, All right you there's know. still hope. Great. Well, yeah, uh, speaking of A New Hope, hope. Oh, you've got a medley here, uh, and this was on an album that you recorded, actually, right? Tell us a little bit about that. It's a Star Wars A New Hope medley, Swiggles RP. So I guess I should address that first part. Um, I used to go by my gamer tag, Swiggles RP. Um, I kind of liked the anonymousness of it. <laughs> but eventually I was just like, how do you get taken seriously by you know rockers and metalheads? So I just went with my regular name. Um, Your name is very metal, I should add. Ropani Gonsi, I've heard it's Tolkien-esque. It could be, definitely. Is, hopefully. Um, but yes, yeah, so Star Wars A New Hope medley is basically a collection of all of my favorite songs from the first Star Wars movie score. Um, and we made this for a charity album called Operation 1-Up, where uh, one of our close friends in the cover community uh, needed an operation. So to raise money, we made an album of all his favorite things. And luckily, he was a huge Star Wars fan. So I spent a good two and a half months uh, coming up with all of these different songs from Star Wars, trying to figure out how they would flow well together so that when you listen to it, it's kind of like you're watching the movie in your head. Um, so, you know, I start with the opening crawl and you're kind of faking um, it, right? For people who don't have a video screen, they actually just, it's oh, kind yes, of like you're yes. faking <laughs> the movie for them in a heavy metal way. Right, right. It's kind of like a, a copyright safe way <laughs> and you get to hear, you know, like the opening crawl is exciting. There's a lot of space sounds. Um, I like using synthesizers and just like different instruments that kind of 
keep things interesting. It's not all guitar all the time. Okay, um, great. Well, let's have a listen here. I've got a clip ready to go. Wow, that that is uh, amazingly recognizable, yet uh, totally unique. I love the rendition. Great. Thanks. Uh, What was the hardest part of bringing, especially that triumphant, I mean, Star Wars fanfare theme to life in a fresh way? Ooh. Well, I mean, besides the initial uh, fear, whenever making any sort of fan content, we always fear, you know, this is going to be compared to the original. So, uh, Do you fear being ostracized (laughs) by the fan community as well? Right, right, exactly. Because, you know, fans are so passionate and, you know, Star Wars fans are insanely passionate. Um, You want to bring your unique aspect to that so that people, you know, when you listen to my version, there's a reason for it. You know, if you wanted to hear the original, you'd be listening to the original. If you want to hear a rock version, you came for the rock. So uh, I did a lot of dissecting those sheet musics and just trying to get it really accurate. And then some. Well, it's a great rendition. Uh, I mean, you know, here at the podcast, we also kind of strive to be unique and to take something mm-hmm. that's familiar, which is speculating endlessly without any heart or soul on Star Wars content. And we try to actually put our own spin on it. And our spin typically uh, results in a lot of people hating us. We have actually received the most dislikes on Twitter in the history of Twitter. Wow. Yeah, so it gives us something to shoot for, and the way we've sort of responded um, in terms of our creativity and the way we're received is we basically just surge forward, you know? We we let people right. hate us, and actually we kind of uh, get get a lot of energy from it now. It's it's almost mm-hmm. like if that didn't happen, we wouldn't, be, we wouldn't have a reason for existing, so. Sure. I mean, criticism is something all content creators deal with positively and negatively, and that's where it gets really hard. I think the best thing is that, you know, people who want you to succeed, uh, whether or not, you know, their feedback is super detailed or not, are the ones that you get help from. And, you know, just blind people being upset at stuff. Uh, what's mm-hmm. the absolute, like, worst thing that you've heard in terms of feedback to some of your Star Wars work or other things you've done? Mm-hmm. Well, in terms of, like, actual feedback, like where the sentences were clear enough to understand Um, (laughs) right where they weren't just you know like blind spamming uh or like hateful posts and stuff usually i get critique like um i was missing parts from the song or um as you might know oh you mean it wasn't note for note like you actually edited it right they don't like the style change like this song doesn't sound right metal or this song (laughs) you know should have been this way or that and it's never ever ever been feedback from another musician or content creator channel because honestly once you're in it once you make it you gain this insane respect for 
anybody who can even try. Oh, absolutely. You know? Well, that, that kind of reminds me of some of, some of the feedback uh, from The Last Jedi. You know, it's like, what do oh, you yeah. mean? Th- <laughs> this kind of humor isn't what we did before in Star Wars. It doesn't belong, right. you know? Right. But, I mean, imagine, and this is obviously a wonderful tangent, but, like, <laughs> Brian Johnson makes movies. He sits there probably working, like, 60 to 80-hour weeks plus, you know, day in and day out. And the last thing he probably wanted to see is people just, you know, who never make movies talking about it. So Right. <laughs> well, no, we, we don't allow point. tangents on this podcast, actually. Never. We've never had one yet. So this is a remarkable new thing for us. Maybe our fans will reject it, too. Uh, but, so. I mean, that's the thing. That's Critique is, is no stranger to Star Wars. It's no stranger to musicians. I usually get some positive critique I've gotten is from actual friends who suggest hey, this mix sounds, you know, blah, 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 do this. You know, people who can give feedback and, like, a follow-through or an idea are the people who you really want to listen to. So I've gotten better at my flaws. Like, uh, you know, music videos are usually faked or acted out because, you know, you record in a studio. But, um, you know, if you don't act very well, especially when I do a lot of guitar solos and I, I try to play as you know <laughs> technically as i can you try to play it accurately you're you're yes. good at faking it is that basically what you're saying i wasn't for a long time i think i've gotten better right but because i i find myself naturally improvising a lot you know you have to remember every little nook and cranny of your performance of your video to make it exciting right. and accurate and genuine so you know those those have been the tougher feedbacks but you know, the positive feedback is also really good from Star Wars fans who've enjoyed my medleys and my covers. Um, and I think that's what keeps us going, you know, the the positivity that you feel and other people share back. Well, one of the interesting things to me about uh, doing what you're doing is, you know, for me, I've never been the kind of person who just sits back and listens to the original Star Wars soundtracks. The, the reason for that is, you know, I think to myself, well, why don't I just watch the movies and have the soundtrack right. <laughs> too? I mean, the the movies are, the soundtracks are wonderful, but they're even more wonderful with the movie. Uh, but what you're doing is really uh, different, and it actually is kind of self-enclosed in a, in a way that's mm-hmm. interesting. It's, it's definitely something good to note. Um, you know, I wouldn't say I, you know, li- sit down and just listen to music very often, Um Maybe at work I'll listen to some of the original trilogy or honestly the first uh, six movies of Star Wars. I think um, they do stand. But it's about the context, right? You know, this music worked so well because, you know, like take the asteroid feel. It's, you know, got all these like humming flutes and strings. It's very panicky and tense, but it's coupled with the visual quality. So when I do a cover of it, I have to make up for that somehow. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter which song. Every song that was put into a video game or a movie or a TV show, uh, it has a mood. It has some context. So I try to appeal to guitarists by making like my performance very visible. I try to appeal to you know people who just like interesting things by adding you know myself acting out a little bit. You know, um, like for horror videos, I'll add like a mask or costume and some lights, some excitement, some tension. And that paired with the video itself sometimes really makes the difference. Um, and you can appeal to more than just all these guitar guys. You can appeal to the the fans itself. So, 
it, it's not easy. <laughs> no, it takes a lot of. I mean, I, you know, here in the studio, we have like a, a ten million dollar studio. We've got great gear, and I'm telling you, it's still a mm-hmm. challenge to try to get good, good sound and, and good production value. I was very impressed with the work you're doing. It's uh, oh, you know, thank you. <laughs> for for uh, you know, being uh, somebody who pretty much does it on your own, right? I mean, you're. Mm-hmm. I would say I do. Let's say like ninety five percent of the work from the average video. Um, I've never really had someone else produce my music, meaning like mixing, maybe just masters. Masters, um, probably right, yeah. And maybe like a couple videos have been filmed by someone else. Um, that's actually something also interesting when you're making fan content and you're so built up to do the best you can do. Asking others to do some work helping out or you know hiring other people it's really hard to let go of your baby but i think it's one of the hardest but rewarding things you can do Mm -hmm. um which is why i started letting other people like my dad and a few friends um do the video work um getting involved (laughs) right uh it also costs money so i feel like as you progress and grow your channel or what have you you can afford to have more help too well, for our fans out there who want to support you, do you have any uh, avenues for that aside from buying your music on iTunes or Google Play? I, I know you have uh, a lot of your stuff up there. Are there any other ways they can support you as an artist? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think the easiest thing, of course, is just tweet out the videos that I make or anyone makes that you like because um, that's honestly the biggest way to grow. It's great if you like it, but if someone else likes it too, that infinitely spirals. So. Uh, I, I'm very active on Twitter. I have a Patreon, which is an awesome website where every time I make a video, people can just offer up a buck or two bucks, and even cap it. So with that many people doing that, it instantly means I can you know, pay for Adobe or I can get a new camera or new instruments, which I have too many of. But uh, <laughs> I find any artist uh, who's been doing content regularly should definitely check out that. And if anyone's interested in supporting me, um, one of my Patreon goals is to release a Star Wars album, like a Star Wars rock metal album that would be obviously a little more like uh, traditional self-contained songs. But, um, you know, this is one of the greatest platforms, I think, for that kind of stuff, like crowdfunding on a bigger scale. So we're a, we're a parody site in satire. So in terms of uh, fair use, mm-hmm. that's a pretty broad label. That, so we get to you know, um, do a lot of stuff that we might not otherwise, especially because we don't really make money per se. Uh, right. How does that work for you as a musician using Star Wars content and music and then and then re-recording mm-hmm. re, uh, it and covering it in a different way? Right. This is actually a really awesome question because I feel not enough people know the answer before they dive into the world of uh, music and content creation. Um, when you are selling music uh, that you've covered, there's actually like a a U.S. Constitution-like law uh, that says that you got to pay the original person. So, you know... <laughs> so you have to basically thing. pay per track or a royalty kind of fee per every track exactly. you sell? Exactly. Per stream, per sale. Um, wow. So what I do is I use a website called Sounddrop, and they basically take all the songs that I want covered, and they'll, like, you know, do the digital equivalent of every time they sell it on iTunes, every time you hear it on Spotify, the right person is getting paid, you know, John Williams or the record company or whomever, um, or whoever, whatever. <laughs> but it's really, really important because I definitely think 
you know, a lot of cover music out there isn't paying the original artists. And, you know, this is the most even ethical way to do it. So all my music that you see on iTunes, Spotify is correctly released. But sure. for medleys, it's very expensive because it's about like $10 per individual song that you put into something. So um, that's why I haven't done a Star Wars medley in a while. Right. Because it's it like would a be special like thing, right? It's yeah, basically exactly. a way for you to ruin your bank account every time somebody buys a medley, right? Something like that. And that's <laughs> that's that's why I'm crowdfunding the next time I do a big Star Wars medley. Also, I found like Return of the Jedi isn't a very like medleyable movie. So I did the <laughs> episode four and five, but I haven't felt like revisiting another whole movie yeah i I think i want to do like a single song and i know exactly which songs i gotta do next oh tell Um, us about that so um i've been doing these every like december or so and i've done across the stars of course from episode two which was like the big theme and episode one duel of the fates so battle of the heroes from episode three uh is like hands down like the must do song next now remind um, me i mean i'm sure i know the music but the actual titles since i don't just listen to soundtracks that much is yes. that when anakin and obi-wan are fighting on mustafar yes. yep yes it's also like the star wars battlefront 2 the original one not the ea thing right uh it's like used profusely in that one the da 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 okay um, yeah 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 right very epic i don't know where i could do that one i need to find some lava obviously but <laughs> <laughs> well, I think Hawaii is selling you know. some right now. They have uh, way too much. So, well, I do have a buddy in Hawaii. So there you go. See, and and if you do that, we would like to get a recording on location of the video, and we'll just snap it into the next episode if that's okay with you. Like, stop! <laughs> yeah, oh, the lava—it's got my leg. You know, I'd be like, yeah. I just have just keep record. Just you know, just keep recording. It would be so hard to make a music video for that entire like. That that song with that scene without referencing all of the dialogue in that entire part. right. We should come up with some way of interpreting that dialogue musically, right? Probably, so like whenever whenever Anakin talks, ground. you could like have like uh, I don't know like um, a jaw harp or something going like what is the the great line? Oh, if you're not with me, then you're against me. Dying, 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 dying. You know, It'd be great. Exactly. There you go. <laughs> so um, I was going to ask you. Uh, let's let's listen actually to that bit uh, from uh, episode two, the uh, Across the Stars. And r- correct me if I'm wrong. This is the part when uh, uh, Anakin is going to find his mother from the Tusken Raiders. Is that right? So Across the Stars is in episode two, around the place. To me, at least, I, I consider it the theme of Anakin and Padme. Okay. So um, you hear it during all of their love scenes and all of their. Um, wonderfully thought out dialogue dialogue yeah you do hear it a little bit during um him driving to uh his mom but they actually play duel of the fates in that scene oh that's right it's like it's it's weird that i know it but it's star wars you know yeah no you know what you're right i was thinking about that and i was like it is actually duel of the fates and he's in the speed racer or wow speed racer (laughs) right well let's listen to that one let's listen to duel of the fates because i think i think that's a lot of fans favorites anyway and your rendition is really good so let me just get that queued up here for us
Wow. So yeah, uh, when I first heard that, I was just transported. Uh, I mean, you really captured the essence, I think, of John Williams' score there, but in a completely different way. I love it. Thanks. I think Duel of the Fates has like one of the most iconic, like rhythmic feels and intensities. And so many people watch that movie, at least the first time, like with so much awe that I think that that song just like stuck forever. Yeah. Great. So, so um, have you have you found uh, you know that that particular track has been more or less successful or recognizable for fans? What's the biggest piece of uh, music mm. you've done that's had the greatest success, if it, as it were? So that one's kind of interesting. I think Star Wars fans who have listened to my work have always been very positive and really cool. Um, you know, I don't get too much of uh, this doesn't work because I feel like Star Wars is already about diversity and unconventional fandom so i think no 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 none of us are weird (laughs) none of us are nerds none of us have pizza in our beard it's completely normal in every sense (laughs) completely normal but it's it's still like been surprisingly receptive to those i don't think any of these videos have done very well in terms of view count or shares um Mm -hmm. but i think that's just the nature maybe my first medley has like a good couple thousands but nothing cracking you know ten thousand views or anything not um, yet fortunately after this yet. podcast get ready we're gonna crash get your ready. youtube man it would be nice but uh you know <laughs> that would be day, nice i wish it were true <laughs> the numbers open up some opportunities but the people i think are the ones who are responsible so, so i was gonna ask you um i mean you're you're 24 Right. Yes. So you were born in uh, 1994. Is that right? Three or 93. Sorry, 1993. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So you actually you was you must have been like uh, six when Phantom Menace came out. Yes. Something like that. <laughs> so see, I'm a little older. I was actually I actually saw Return of the Jedi in the theater when it first came out. Wow. And yeah, awesome. so my my entire childhood sort of goes along with the history of Star Wars because I was mm-hmm. born just a few months after A New Hope came out. So I don't okay. I don't yeah, have yeah. a memory, you know, of of uh anything without Star Wars. And for right. you coming in kind of as the prequel trilogy came out, what what has been your experience in terms of <laughs> the music? Do is there do you feel closer mm-hmm. to the the music from the uh, original trilogy or the prequel trilogy, or not really make a distinction? So I guess to start, I was, you know, <laughs> born to like a super like film obsessed dad, and um, you know we watched the. I'm trying to remember exactly which version. I think it's like the 1993 VHS collection, the Gold Box Star Wars trilogy, is what we had. Although my fake dad gold, had um, fake gold, fake gold. Yes. Yeah, it didn't I have real gold on it. Yeah, the Star Wars special edition. So I did grow up with the crazy singing alien in Return of the Jedi. Oh um, no, you're scarred for life. Edits. I was scarred, um, but <laughs> I grew up watching those tapes like to death. I everything from the THX uh, opening sound to the, you know, the score. My dad loved having a home stereo. That's what his first paycheck went to. Oh, wow. So I honestly, like, did live and breathe Star Wars fairly strongly. And when I was nine, Phantom Menace comes out. I have, like, the Taco Bell cup in one hand. Oh, come on. 
you know, you got a t-shirt with like Sebulba on it. And like, <laughs> I had an Anakin poster where his shadow is Vader. It was, it was literally, oh. I'm sure you remember the merchandising, like it was honestly as big as episode seven, I think. Oh yeah. In terms of like ridiculous marketing. So I was, you know, eat, sleep, breathing Star Wars so much. It was almost like, you know, competing with my loves for Pokemon and all the other 1990s, 2000s kids things. And, um, you know, musically, you walk in and you see the movie today. It feels so familiar because I feel like John Williams' scores didn't skip a beat. Yeah. I think the the opening is exciting. The, um, you know, the Trade Federation ship lands. And once they pull out their lightsabers, I feel like they kept a very, very uh, appreciative love of the score. You hear, like, the Force theme, I think, in somewhere in episode one. And... You know, there's enough themes. The, the thing that I love about Star Wars was that it really had a lot of themes and musical touches. Like and... characters almost, right? Right, characters. Which themes. is good because yeah. Phantom Menace didn't have any characters. <laughs> I mean, I honestly don't know if it would have improved if Jar Jar had a motif. Right, like... right. Hey, I think, but... you know, why not, you know? Throw why spaghetti not? against the wall, I think, you know? <laughs> right, you should write that. I... You should write Jar Jar's theme. <laughs> Jar Jar's theme, it would probably just be the sound of someone, like, cutting film and crumbling it into the trash can <laughs> and starting fresh. Well, I mean, so basically, you you already were a Star Wars fan before the prequels came out. So you had that context. Right. I see. It was, like, the perfect timing because I, 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 like, barely understood why is the first movie the fourth one if it's coming out now? Yeah. You know, like, I was a kid. But then episode two comes out and I'm a little older. I started playing piano and I can't believe I didn't really try. But Across the Stars, is it's just like insidiously, infectiously, like beautiful for yeah. such a weird romance between someone who didn't age and someone who did. But it, almost, it almost suffers because the romance in the movie is so, you know, just tacked on and paltry. I mean, I wonder if they actually used right. that theme <laughs> in a movie that had a fantastic romance that was believable. Right, right. It might even become like, richer, right? Like Aragorn and Aragorn oh, and yeah. uh, Arwen from Lord of the Rings. Like that deeply complex romance where, you know, there's actual elements that are blocking them besides just it would be wrong. <laughs> and you know, the Jedi will never allow it. It would be films. wrong because then the movie would be shorter. I mean, honestly, if you took out like Padme from the entire, well, I guess it falls apart. But <laughs> anyway, I, I think that episode two and then, of course, you know, the Clone Wars cartoons come out in episode three. Music from Star Wars was definitely at its like peak there. Sure. And, you know, if I were to like really dissect and I can't because I don't know that much music theory. I feel like episodes seven and eight and Rogue One and Solo have all completely excluded very like prominent scores where every touch and every piece has, you know, musicality. I think there's some beautiful pieces, don't get me wrong. I think episode eight's best feature was probably the theme on Acto. Okay. The- well, this is interesting. I was actually going to ask you about how you feel yeah. the John Williams scores have evolved with the new uh, trilogy. So mm-hmm. um, you're saying the Octo score is, is the strongest one? I would say Octo, and I like Ray's theme, don't get me wrong. I think there's some good here, but they're very like sparse and spaced out, and it kind of changes the, the mood. They're very minimalistic the... is my impression. Minimalistic. 
It's yeah. kind of like, um, you know, like um, Studio Ghibli movies where yeah. you get touches of emotion whenever the music comes in and then it's silent. And it, like if you, you know, asked me to hum the Imperial March, I could do it in my sleep. But if you asked me to hum like Kylo Ren's theme or whatever. Wait, that's I think that's Dooku's theme or something. Right. I, I mean, I, I wouldn't be able to do it. It's not in my brain. And and I think that's intentional. I, I think that with this new trilogy, at least, and I'm not an, a music theory expert mm-hmm. either, but I, I do play some music. Um, sure. It, it seems like they have gone for a little bit more of a, of a pared down, uh, you know, uh, me, ethos to it as well. I, why do you think they've done that? So I think one aspect could be that they want to disassociate from the original trilogy for sake of uniqueness, which is refreshing considering how many other things they're taking from the original, you know, six movies or even the original trilogy. But I also think maybe John Williams is, you know, doing a little bit and then not so much like the uh, new rebellion theme for example it's really similar to some of the star wars themes but it also just feels like over elaborate and not as remarkable you know like only the music heads who like really study soundtracks or weirdos like me will really remember it if they try hard but you know it has a sense of triumph but it's not it's not like the same excitement as you know, hypothetically, let's say episode seven just uses the score from episode four and five and six. They would just be doing like da 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 whenever Poe flies by. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. It's weird. I actually feel like I would prefer that. I would be <laughs> suckered in and, you know, and I'd be like, okay, that's the same theme. I recognize it. I'm smart. <laughs> right. But it's it's tricky. Like, do we want new things how did we react the first time we heard it? And it's hard because well, one I'm of the biased. things that was like weird to me when I saw Rogue One, which I, I, I think that's a great movie. I can't remember the yeah, name of the composer and the composer changed at the very last minute. And he had like two hours to write a whole composition. Like he had less time to write the composition than it was going to be in the movie. Right. I think it's like you know an hour <laughs> right. and an hour, 50 mo- minute movie. And he had literally like 40 minutes to write the whole score. Um, but like the, one of the things that was strange getting back, Back to this idea of evoking the original trilogy versus doing something new. That first uh, five minutes of that movie, you know, when the the letters come up, Rogue One, it's like a different yeah. font. It's not exactly the Star Wars font, and yet it looks like it's sort of trying to be the Star Wars font almost. And then the little surge of music is also sort of like saying. Yeah, it's almost the Star Wars fanfare, but it's not. And and in a way, to me, that that felt more derivative than if they had just done like the normal Star Wars entrance with the Star Wars fan. That somehow right. that would have felt fresher. I don't I don't know why. I think it's just because like you know you see them conflicted. Maybe it's like a confidence thing. Like the movie doesn't feel sure of itself being a hundred percent different or a hundred percent similar. And I also think. Rogue One was a good movie. I think now that it's been a while, you know, flaws aside, I think it's really exciting, inspiring, and it was definitely more intense to me than Solo was, which um, just, I mean, my opinion, I, I can't really remember much of it. It's all um, right. And I, I mean, I'm sure it's a fantastic effort. There is great acting around. The sets look fresh. It's, it's just something about it. And I feel like the music 
actually was really disappointing in Solo that they didn't use any callbacks. And the only reason why I say that is because it's a character we all know. Han Solo has a theme with Princess Leia. I thought they could have used that again when he was uh, with Daenerys. I forgot. Emily, Emilia Clarke's character. Daenerys Targaryen. <laughs> they should have just put her in the movie, you know, just like call her Daenerys. <laughs> like, <laughs> just go with it. But, I mean, it... With, just like on the aspect of the music or even the visuals, like you said, with the font, isn't it interesting? Like it's almost star Wars, but it isn't. Yeah. And I don't know why that is, but maybe it's just the amount of music. That's I prevalent. think of like, um, have you heard of like in cognitive science and artificial intelligence, they talk about, um, the uncanny Valley. I actually have not heard of that. What so the that? idea of the uncanny Valley is like, if you make a, if you make a monster in in CGI, like with computer graphics, mm-hmm. then people will accept it because it looks so alien and it looks so weird. Oh. And then, like, as you take that CGI and you get closer and closer and closer to just doing an actual human, there's a point where if you cross it and it's too close without being absolutely, absolutely perfect, the brain will just reject it. Because it's like it's a it's a strange mm. feeling of like you're seeing it and it's like it's almost right. But it's just a hair different, and actually that causes more revulsion than if it was like completely different. Now they they this is the problem okay. when they did Tarkin in Rogue One is that they really just said, okay, Uncanny Valley, we're just going to go for it and see if we can do it. And I think they managed it pretty well. But but the reason a so. lot of people <laughs> didn't like it is because of that that principle. Right. I feel like if I was a digital modeler like professionally, and I went in and watched that, I would dissect the hell out of it. But in this, <laughs> yeah. but like. I mean, for me, it was passable when they recreated Carrie Fisher. I thought it was a little less realistic. I mean, even the new Battlefront 2 game is getting really dangerously close to human in a way. So but that's it, the Uncanny that Valley. And maybe with the film, since they're so uh, you know memorable and we have so much uh, emotion attached to it, it's kind of the same idea. Right. And, I mean, with the, like the Rebellion theme, I think, is the first one because it's one of the few themes in that movie that – felt like they were just close but it it was different so you're right. like wait is that no this is a different theme but again i feel like the callbacks were more acceptable like yoda's theme for example in um the last jedi like despite all the other oddities i found in the movie that was honestly one of the warmest moments i think when they brought back him his music and the like intimacy he shared with luke just like that one-to-one that we hadn't seen since Dagobah. I thought that was a good moment. And again, Empire is like a different story because there's so many good music uh, themes and characters um, throughout that movie. That's like my all-time favorite movie. And it's just like oversaturated with good music in every single spot. Like the entire Battle of Hoth, I'm pretty sure every kid could recognize that sound once they've seen that battle. Because it has so many ups and downs and turns, and it it just keeps you on your feet. I can't remember the last time a movie did that. Mm-hmm. You know, Dunkirk didn't do that, even though it's a war movie. Like uh, Last Jedi, when they were all in the salt, not snow, and they were fighting. On there was nothing compared to that. No, no. Very good. Well, uh, <laughs> is there anything else you'd like to tell our fans of the podcast? Um you know, we are a humor uh, podcast principally, but uh, this is a great chance for us to 
kind of you know let people know that we we actually are real fans. We get a lot of flack for for making fun of Star Wars and making fun of our our fan base all the time, but sure. you know we really are Star Wars fanatics and we all love Star Wars mm-hmm. music too. So is there anything you'd like to tell uh, our podcast uh, uh, fans out there? Yeah, um, if you guys are fans of things you like, you know, uh, love it. Make fun content of it. Don't take it too seriously. Um, and it's really not that hard when you get started. If you don't know how, ask for help. You know, tweet at me if you want to do music. There's millions of us. And uh, if you guys do Star Wars scores and stuff, there's tons of musicians who could use the work. And if you want to be annoying and, and uh, piss off everybody on Twitter who follows Star Wars, you can tweet at me at DuperStorm or at Willy Bobo, and uh, we'll be happy to show you how to be a gigantic troll. So Sounds good. Great. Well, thanks a lot. Uh, we'd love to have you back in the future, and uh, uh, good luck to you. May the foe be with you. Thank you. <laughs> Well, sadly, this first edition of a music podcast is finally come to a close. Teeb, tell the listeners where they can find us. Uh, well, you can find Faking Star Wars at fakingstarwars.net. That is .net, N-E-T, not .com, not .org, not .film, not .ca, or .eu, or whatever the hell it is this week. It's fakingstarwars.net. You, that's where you can find us, and you can find me at filmgrouch.com. That is .com. If you haven't Don't been be over there to Film Grouch, boy, check it out. A lot of fantastic uh, content over there as well. So. And you get what you pay for with filmgrouch.com. That's right. That's right. Well, in this case, we paid a lot of money to have you on the podcast. So, uh, Yeah, I'm still waiting for that, by the way. The check is in the mail. Uh-huh. If you have a question for us, hit us up on Twitter. I'm at DuperStorm or at Willie Bobo. You can also use the hashtag FSWRadio, and we may read it next week if you are super witty. You can also get our official Faking Star Wars t-shirts and other gear on tepublic.com slash user slash Faking Star Wars. Have you bought any of those t-shirts, Teeb? I haven't bought any, but I did mug somebody on the street that was wearing one the other day. I got a little bit of blood on it, but, uh, you know, I have a, a girl that takes care of that for me. So I oh, think I'm very good. good. Is that one of those dry cleaners that launders our money that we make from the website? Uh, I don't know. Okay. That's a good question. I, I mean, well, if you do I'll, need I'll a, a good laundromat, we, we have one. So. I'll, I'll be sensitive. I don't want to upset anybody. <laughs> Great. Well, if you like what you hear, you'd like to support us, get on our website, get to our Patreon. Even a dollar goes a long way. We just uh, we pinch pennies over here at the podcast, and so anything you can offer us will help us out. Keep producing these episodes for you. Stay tuned to FakingStarWars.net for quality Star Wars comedy, parody, and satire. Every single day we have new content coming your way. As always, thanks for listening, and may the foe be with you. See you next time.